Evan Paul here on Taste of Country Nights On Demand, episode 69 with Chase Rice. So let's say someone's like old school at a record store where they have the headphones and you can preview a record. Let's say they're deciding whether they want to buy this record or walk. What song would you recommend them listening to? Uh, Just one? Yeah. Well, since it's the album title, I get two. I hate cowboys and all dogs go to hell. Um, Who am I to tell you no? <laughs> one, well, I would say all dogs go to hell. Probably that's one of my favorites. Um, but there's just that's just cutting it so short. Um, from top to bottom, I mean, it's got something for everybody on this thing. And we dug deep into this album that Chase Rice just released with Chase Rice. We even talked about the recent passing of his father's death, which uh, he's got a song on here about. And this is really just a different album for Chase. This is a place that he said he's never really gone before, and he's making music that he finally feels true about. Um, check out this whole podcast. It was a lot of fun, a lot of good stuff in here. Thank you so much for listening to Taste of Country Night. It's on demand. Evan Paul here with Chase Rice. What's happening, dude? Oh, uh, just figuring it out, man. I'm Put, back, back busy again. Yeah, I, there, I see you every time I use the restroom. It's weird because in our restroom, there's one of your gold plaques. Oh, <laughs> it's like, on the wall. Really? I don't remember I'm seeing you in there. Seeing you like every day. I, didn't, I didn't know that's so. That's weird. where they put mine. Hey, everybody's. It's a whole bathroom oh, full of plaques. Oh my god, that's what I got. But yours that's what is I in earned. like my view. You know, high level, baby. <laughs> uh, congrats uh, on the album getting ready to come out, man. I hate cowboys and all dogs go to hell. That's right. Quite the uh, title. How'd that I come hate about? Them all. Um. That's two different songs on the album. Um, I Hate Cowboys is basically Mr. Mr. Steer Girl. Um, cowboy walks into a bar, steals your girl. He's better than you. Just beat you at your own game. Um, all Dogs Go to Hell is a web of lies. Um, it's all those obvious lies that you know. As soon as you hear the first line, if you're into lyrics and not just not just listen as it's passing by, you, you'd get it. Like, uh, oh, I know where he's going with this. So that, that's, that's just two titles that I thought worked perfectly. Plus, my dad's on the cover. Um, Double fist and two banquets back in the 80s in Wyoming. <laughs> and I, that's an iconic picture I always wanted to use. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it was perfect. in the back of the vinyl or CD is uh, is Jack, my dog. So you, you find out real quick, that's this the theme of the record, Cowboys and Dogs. And it's all in a good way. not. And, and this record you recorded in its own way that you've never done before, like mm-hmm. essentially in your living room or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and you said it kind of changed the outcome. Are you only going to record this way moving forward? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, it was one producer, Oscar Charles, um, who's, who's very different than what I've worked with before, who I've worked with before. Um. Not just the way we recorded it, which was in my living room, raw as could be. We didn't have tracks. We didn't even have a click track. It's all just based off a of feel. There's no grid on this record. Um, and man, it uh, the way we'd pick the songs each morning was different. Like, what do you want to record today? I don't know. Let's do Walk Alone. And I'd be like, I didn't think we were even going to record Walk Alone. Um, and he's like, Yeah, let's do it. It's sick. And it was that simple. It wasn't <laughs> right. This is a hit. We need this for yes. the record. It was this makes the record better. And if you end up with an album that has zero hits on the on it afterwards, we were cool with that. Um, luckily, I don't think that's the case. But um, we just wanted the best album we could piece together in thirteen songs. So let's say someone's like old school at a record store where they have the headphones and you can preview a record. Let's say they're deciding whether they want to buy this record or walk. What song would you recommend them listening to? 
Uh, just one? Yeah. Well, since it's the album title, I get two. I hate cowboys and all dogs go to hell. Um, Who am I to tell you no? <laughs> one, well, I would say all dogs go to hell probably. That's one of my favorites. Um, but there's just, that's just cutting it so short. Um, from top to bottom, I mean, it's got something for everybody on this thing. It's, uh, but it, we told a story with the album. Like I said, the theme is cowboys, dogs for sure, but there's anything. I mean, Walk Alone doesn't, it's not a country song. I don't mm-hmm. know what it is. It's kind of a, kind of a folky rock song. Uh, Bad Day to Be Cold Beer is right down the middle. I mean, that sounds like something you'd just listen to on a boat. I mean, a perfect classic country song. Um, and then you got I Hate Cowboys, which is the more western-y. All Dogs Go to Hell just feels good. It doesn't hammer on the chorus, which I used to do all the time. I wanted the biggest choruses you could possibly have. just doesn't have that. Um, Bench Seat, it's a song actually about a dog and my buddy who almost committed suicide, and the dog saved his life. So it covers a lot. Um, there's one thing it didn't it, love is the theme of this album, even though it says hate in the title. There's one thing I didn't really cover, which is songs for girls. Like there's no eyes on you on the record. Um, and I didn't realize that really till we started talking this much about it, but I'm okay with it. Cause that's not where I am. Like if the cow, if the, if the theme is cowboys and dogs, that's where I am in life. I mean, I got my ranch. I, did, I do that for, you know, when I'm not doing music. Um, and then I got Jack, my dog and. And he's, I hunt with him and hang out with him all the time. He was sick this morning, so I had to take care of him. But, um, but yeah, I'm I'm in a good place with my music, and this album represents that. And, and your dad, like you mentioned, is on the cover. Was that picture in South Carolina or Florida from back in the day? That was in Wyoming. That was in Wyoming. Yeah, he was on a trip. Uh, I think Jackson Hole. I wow. asked my mom. I and what's crazy is I thought he was going to be about my age. I'm 37 now. Um. I asked my mom what she pieced it together. She was like, he would have been either 31 or 32 in that picture. And he looks like a grown ass man. (laughs) I mean, Um, I feel like I look younger now than he did in the picture, but that was my dad. I mean, I got a little biased opinion of what he's in my mind. He's always been dad. So yeah, yeah. I mean, my dad passed away a few years ago too. I I get it, man. I know that that's tough. Like, uh, and your dad passed away kind of at a young age from a heart issue. Do you worry about your heart now? Did that make you think about that? It made me think about it for sure. I, uh, I went to New York earlier this year and got tested whole top to bottom. Um, the only thing I've never had tested is my brain. Um, and I, I know they have a lot of CTE stuff, um, ways that hopefully they can start testing more for that. Cause I played football my whole life and I've dealt with depression. I've dealt with all that. And I go down some dark roads. I mean, you see that in the Ben seat music video. It's like, how the hell did you think of that? You gotta be pretty dark to see that. Um, which comes out here soon. But, um, I got my whole body tested, heart, everything. Guy was like, there's a 99% chance that you will not have a heart attack at this point in your life. Like they can tell all that and they can get ahead of that way better than they used to be able to. So it's cool that they have that technology. Um, and you did a song about your dad on the Opry for a day. How come oh, yeah. that didn't make the album? It did. It's oh. just hidden. Um, what do you, okay. Where, how do you get to it? Uh, hell, I don't even know anymore. Uh, because it's all streaming now. So you, it's just going to be on there. I think as the hidden track, um, but on the actual record, on the vinyl, on the CD, it, uh, it should just play. I actually don't know the answer to that. It's yeah. After a couple minutes or 45 seconds, I think is what we gave it. It just comes on. I love hidden tracks because you don't expect them at all. Um, but it's weird to talk about now because streaming wise, you can't hide a track, I guess, because it has to be connected to the song before. And that would make the song 10 minutes long. 
So I don't know how all that works. Legally, I don't know. I don't care. But for a day, it was just me and a guitar. And we just wanted that to end the album. It was about my dad. What you do with your dad for one more day, if you had one more day. Is there an artist that you would consider a mentor? I mean, Garth was my guy growing up. But I would say Ledoux uh, influenced what I wanted to do my whole career more. I wasn't doing it because I was doing all that poppier stuff. And even in the middle of that, I had a song called Whisper um, that Ned Ledoux, like, while that song was the single, just came out, which was as pop as you can possibly get. Uh, I, re- I re-recorded This Cowboy's Hat with Ned Ledoux. So it's like, man, they were really cool for doing that because they didn't have to do that. Mm. It didn't make any sense, to be honest. But um, now this album is, is more of Chris Ledoux influence. And from the time I was a little kid, uh, Ledoux was my guy. Like he was, he was even before Garth for me. So, so like you speak about like finding your true voice and earlier you were mentioning like eyes on you and the chorus and stuff. Like what, uh, is there a song from like back in the day that you like, you just won't play anymore. Or you get pissed if you hear like, uh-huh. man, that just wasn't me, you know, like, uh, that's tough to say because that you were a writer on that, you, that you're allowed to say. I I think back to a lot of the stuff I did, and I'm not disappointed in it. Like I I remember coming home when I was on you the day I wrote that, fired up about it. Ready set roll. I was so fired up that day that that's just where I was in life. Um, so for me to have such a different sound and record now that I did in 2012, why would you not? I yeah. mean, if I sounded the same now, I'd be pretty nervous for myself because I haven't grown at all. So, no, not really. Because I, I, we play them different live, first of all. We play them like they kind of would have been recorded now. As oh, I see. So, that makes it more fun. Um, but, yeah, I was fired up about those songs when I wrote them, and that's where I was. And, and that's probably why they worked because I was so passionate about them, and I loved them, and they were good songs. Yeah. They may not be everybody's cup of tea. If you love the I Hate Cowboys record, you're probably not going to love Eyes on You as much. But that's okay. They all live there, and they're all, they're all there. Um, I, I will say, I thought you were going to ask, is there any songs that I would play now that I'd never played? I'll Which, ask that. And my first thought was a song like Room 205. It was on a Dirt Road Communion album that I've never played live. Stuff like that's going to creep into, I kind of want to record a Greatest Hits album that has zero hits on it, like that were never radio singles that didn't work, that were the underground thing. And I don't know what you'd call it, but I want to re-record like eight songs, maybe 10, and put that out, but record it how I just did it with Oscar. I think it'd be, because there's a lot of songs that never got the chance. What about like the best we could find of Chase Rice? That way it's like not the best of, but the best we could find. I mean, <laughs> I have no idea. That's, that's what it would be because there's a lot of stuff out there. Tell me God. what's going on right here, man. Uh, that's me with Pilgrim down in Cobb or uh, down in Cancun, crashed my playa. And he challenged me to a shotgun. I thought he was going to smoke me. So I actually over chugged. I was like, because he challenged me with such confidence that I thought he was, you were like waiting, you know, one of those guys that just slugs it in one. I thought he was going to do that because of how confident when he asked, but that, so I went as fast as I possibly could. And he looked, I love his face. He's like, what did you just do? He was awesome, man. Uh, we had a blast down there and it crashed my playa. Dang. Where's the, where's the weirdest place you've been recognized? 
Like like you're at the doctor or something, like the proctologist. You know what I'm saying? Like, where's the, <laughs> hey, are you Chase Rice? Oh, man, I don't. Um, actually, it was in Tokyo. Um, I was walking by a bar, and these two younger girls, they were probably 15, and they were Japanese, I assume. And they came up to me and like, but they weren't, they, a lot of times I'd had that happen again, but they were, uh, they just, cause I was a white male in Japan. Like that, some people do that, but they knew my name, which uh, shocked me. Really? Yeah, okay. So Tokyo. That's cool, man. That um, do you see a young Chase Rice and any artists out there now? Uh, God, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. Um, I will say there's a lot of artists that talk and the way they're talking is very similar to how I was in the beginning of my career, which is they just hadn't figured it out yet. And I just encourage them to do, do not chase the thing that's hot right now. Zach Bryan's hot right now. He's hot because he's good at what he does. And he did it. Wallen, same thing. He's good at what he does and he stuck to it. And I would, I just tell him every time we talk, like, don't try to chase what's hot right now. It's going to come down around to something else here in the next couple of years. Figure out what you really love to do and you're passionate about, do that. Um, and if you don't want to do pop music, don't do pop music. If you want to do, don't want to make it country and you love the pop country thing, do it. Don't just not do it because Zach Bryan's music isn't pop. Like, do what you want to do. And that's, what, uh, to me, the only way it's going to work. Can you give me some Valentine's Day juice? Any, any news or anything? Who are you spending it with? I, I, dude, I didn't even know Valentine's Day was coming. Is it, is it today? <laughs> no, we're not even February yet. I think like two weeks. That's how much I don't care about Valentine's Day. <laughs> um, and like I said, why would I? That's not where I don't have a girl. Okay. I, I don't even know where I'm going to be. <laughs> I got nothing for Valentine's Day. It's all good, man. And finally, <laughs> do you think you have found your true voice? Like, do you think this is it? Or will yeah. it change again? Uh, it'll change again for sure, but it'll change to a, to even more natural version of me and who I am. It's only going to get better from here on out. Um, first and foremost, we, we found the right keys to, for what, for me to sing in. I'm not singing so high anymore. Um, topic wise, I don't know what it's going to turn into, but it's going to be more real. It's going to, it's going to be my life story. Um, that's why would I write about anything different at this point? Um, so It'll change again for sure. I'm not going to stick to this. Next record won't sound like the I Hate Cowboys and All Dogs Go to Hell record. Um, hopefully it'll be even better. I, I think there was a point, one of my musical, I would call them now influences for sure, um, Church, when he really, to me, he he never had a miss. Um, he kind of had great direction, I think, from the beginning of his career. Um, but the Chief album was like, damn, he's on it now. Um, and he really changed the game with that. For me, that's what this album is for me. And then I think Outsiders came next. Um, is that right? And and that was a, it. Didn't sound like Chief. And that I, I admire that. Um, so we'll figure out a different way to make it not sound like the I Hate Cowboys record next. But this is the start. I love it, man. Well, we're excited for the record, dude. Thanks yeah. for coming by. Thank you. No, thanks for talking, man. 
Yeah. All right, we're going to bring in Billy Dukes from behind the camera to talk about this interview. Now, it's kind of interesting to me because he's not this way, but Chase Rice just feels like intimidating. And I'd only interviewed him on the phone before this. So when he came in, I was like, oh, man. I, I, he He's such like a. He's not only physically big, like he says he's six foot two, but he's got a big football player's body. I think he was like a linebacker or maybe even a defensive end at the U- at University of North Carolina. But he, he has so much confidence that like his presence is large in the room that like if you're not prepared or don't have a good confidence in yourself as an interviewer, you can crumble. And I think people kind of have and, and maybe kind of hate him. Yeah, for like I was ready for him to, you know, like it felt like we were in like the interviewing him feels like you're like in the 70s or 80s and you're you're interviewing a guy that's coming in with some boots a tight shirt you know and uh smoking a cig and he's like what do you got kid you know but he's nothing like that but he gives off that presence for sure i've always gotten along really well with chase like i've had nothing but good encounters with him um a couple of times socially like we're not hanging out but i've run into him here and there and just chatted with them, but mostly just through like interviews and stuff like what you've done. But I don't know, like if like you were to just like kick it with Chase Rice, do you think you guys would like get along, like see eye to eye on things, like have similar hobby? Like, would you come out of that encounter friends with Chase Rice? Me? Yeah. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. I feel like we're we're just on uh, different. I mean, we would be like cool and, you know, I could see us like hanging out and being cool, but I don't think I would be like best friends with them. I just, I think we're on just different, you know, we're just in different decades. I think we're just different wavelengths. I think he's got a lot of hobbies that like, I'm not all that knowledgeable in. Like he probably knows, like you ever met people who are like big into BMX biking like yeah that's a cool hobby that's fine i know nothing about big B- about bmx bike. so people start talking about bmx biking and i just sort of glaze over and i want to talk about yellowstone pretty pretty quickly and i feel like chase yeah is like the whatever the bmx biking equivalent is like he's full of that kind of thing but humble yeah it's like uh it's like interviewing him and kit moore are kind of the same you know right. and uh, one thing that I, I thought was interesting about chase rice is like um Little things like uh, he he said he had never, ever tried coffee until the pandemic. And then he was like, you know, people were just on out on their porches drinking coffee. So I thought I'd give it a try. Now I drink coffee, but I drink it black, (laughs) you know, and he was just like, I was like, of course you do, man. Of course you do. He's talked for a long time about. Like this, we we have been very involved in sort of like his finding of self musically. Like, I feel like he's been sort of searching for this true voice. And you asked him a question about this right at the very end. I've been having conversations about that with him for for quite a while. Have you ever encountered another artist who's as sort of reflective, even critically reflective of their own art, their own work and their own songs? Um, Yeah. Like Randy Hauser was a little bit. True. Um, True. I'm trying to think of that. I'm sure I could think of some in it, but a lot of them aren't in the country realm. Like I would say, like in uh, in pop music. But you know, I don't know though. In country, like it's hard to tell. Like a lot of these guys and gals, like when they start out, they're 
they they have to make like okay, Michael Ray is another one. I remember Michael Ray telling me that like every song he ever put out really wasn't what he wanted to put out, and he just got caught up in this. This is what you need to do. So I feel like a lot of artists are like that, but they won't say it. I, I think that's true, but I, I think when artists put out those kind of songs, like when Chase put out some of his early music, they don't have a good idea of who they are, so they just kind of do what feels good and feels right at the time. And that's like anybody. you know. I'm, I'm, and it might be just because I'm a little bit closer to um, 40 than I am 20 or 30 now at this point. Uh like you don't have a sense of who you are as a person really until you're into your thirties or forties or who knows fifties. I could not even be there yet. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. It's so weird to me when artists like are around for that long. I mean like Tim McGraw, you look at, you listen to like uh what is it? Indian outlaw or something like that. Right. I, that yeah. came on the other day. And I was like, if you told me now, if I had never heard that song before, if you were like, that's Tim McGraw, I'd be like, what? Like a, a lot of when you're in your 20s and, you know, like Luke Bryan, all my friends say sounds nothing like some of the stuff he's doing now, you know, things like that. I just feel like, um, you know, I don't want to listen to my radio stuff from five days ago, let alone when I was 20. But these artists put. Oh, good point. Yeah, they put these songs out and they're there forever, you know, forever. I thought you guys had a nice conversation about his dad without lingering too much on it when we talked with tyler hubbard about his dad as well uh, i think it was a week or two ago in the podcast and um it, it was interesting to me that chase looked at his dad's life and certainly how he died and made sure his heart <laughs> was in good shape like he's here for the long haul that made yeah sense i thought that was cool and uh i don't know did it, it it seemed to me like he um like did he did he not get along with his dad at some point growing up or did they always get along i feel like they got along like any son gets along with his dad like like think about chase like he's headstrong he's probably a little stubborn maybe and i could just be judging him like that kind of person and if his dad was the same way like they were gonna collide right those two personalities but like yeah given enough time they'd get into their 20s and 30s and sort of work that out and really have a respect for each other. Chase never really got that opportunity because he was only like 20-ish, young 20s, when his dad died. So they they probably had the same father-son issues that any father-son has, but they just never had a chance to work it out. So he's sort of left with that. Um, yeah, and now he's kind of, you know, gets to hash his feelings out and his thoughts on his music. So that's kind of cool that he's doing that. The album cover is pretty fantastic of his dad just with those banquet beers, <laughs> double fisted. Yeah, that like that really narrows down the time period and everything. Like, I love that. I mean, here's why I think we could be having a similar conversation with Chase in like five or 10 years. Like he talks about finding his true voice now, but it's so much connected to his dad and who his dad was to the point that his dad is on the album cover. Maybe he'll come to terms with these emotions and in five or 10 years, he'll be a different artist. Um, And who knows what that could be, but like the evolution certainly could continue with Chase for another, another decade or so. And I don't know. I mean, that happens with all of them. I mean, it's certainly happened with me. I imagine it's happened with you as well. Yeah, definitely. And I wonder, like, um, you know, I will never know if if you go back and ask, you know, Chase Rice from back in the day, you know, is he where he wants to be musically? Maybe he'll say yes. Maybe he would have said yes. So, you know, I don't know. Will will he be back here on the next album? 
saying that that this one was right almost there, but this is what he wants to make now. But either way, I mean, that's evolution, and you can't be mad at him for that, you know? No, no, I guess he can't. All right.